Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Whether it's the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies. These guys have got you covered. I need fellas. You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three, four, On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs> Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. We're going to talk to uh, Trevor Allen coming up here shortly. He covers the Utes for KSLSports.com. We'll get his thoughts on uh, his interactions and uh, what he thinks about uh, George Klyavkov and the direction that Plus, he wants to take the Pac-12. Quinton Ganther, who Trevor knows pretty well, who's going to be the new running backs coach at uh, the University of Utah. So that should be exciting to be able to talk to uh, to him as well. I talked to somebody about uh, this off the air yesterday, and obviously the conversation you and I have uh, have had. But you know, people think this is just an alum hire. You know, hire the right. alum. That is not uh, Quinton Ganther. He's got uh, a lot of really valuable experience. In fact, next time uh, we talk to Jay Hill, we'll have to talk to him about it. Let me pull up his bio again because it is so funny, dude. We we do this because. And this is, I mean, we're all guilty of it. I certainly guilty of it. Like I think of certain people based on when I knew them, uh-huh. and I frame their whole life in this box of when I knew them. How long was Quinton Ganther at Utah? It was Oma, well, 18 years ago, right? He was at Utah 03 and 04. Yeah, he wasn't there for the full four years, right? Didn't he transfer no, he in? he transferred in, yeah. So we, as Utahns, know Quinton Ganther for the 18 months he spent in Salt Lake City. He's 37 years old, guys. He's been not a Ute for 16 years. The same way, Jake, when I look at you, I don't say Skyline. You're a Skyline high school kid. But you know what? The kids you graduated with know you from Skyline. So that's kind of how they will always think of you. But it would be as silly as me saying like, oh, yeah, Jake, the Skyline, what are the Eagles? Uh-huh. The Skyline Eagles grad. It's like, no, there's Jake the father, there's Jake the husband, there's Jake the radio. Yeah. <laughs> you have done so much more since that brief interaction that you had at one point in your life. Like Quinton Gather, yes, he did go to Utah, but he has had so many other things since then that actually define who he is and why he's qualified for that job. And I'm plenty guilty of it, too. That's why going to my 20-year high school reunion was kind of weird. Yeah. Have you gone to any of your reunions? I missed my tenure for a friend's wedding, but 20 is closer than I thought. 
Yeah, it sneaks up on you. Two years. I graduated in 04. It sneaks up on you, So in two dude. years. It's 20 years. And and not that I didn't have a good time because I did. It was it was very nice. But like it, it was. It was like these these people have lived a whole other life. And Correct. all of a sudden we just turned back the clock back to 1998 <laughs> and the same stuff. Is you know is going on? It was like the the same girl who had no idea who I was when I was sixteen still had no idea who I was. Yeah, correct. And you know, honestly, obviously, social media has changed those things as well too. Where it's like, I know who I want to know. I know offense to the yeah. people who I like. No, 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 haven't no. added or whatever. But yeah, you just kind of like the people who you needed to stay in touch with. You you did. You found a way to to stay in touch with them. You look at their stories once a week on Instagram. That's probably the, the most engagement you need. But yeah, the, the idea that uh, Quinton d- Ganther's coming back to Utah because he spent, you know, what, 20 games here? He played, he played here for 20 he games. Can, though, he he can. got hurt. Like, he, he didn't even play every game because he got hurt at one point. He can sell the story, though. And that, that actually is a thing. That's where the alumni 100%. hire is, can be a good hire sometimes. Sharif, Sharif Shah, for this reason, as we talked about yesterday, is he can go out and tell the story. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, people love genuine stuff, Ben. And when I would imagine when you're being recruited and somebody genuinely comes in and says, listen, I came here, I got out of my comfort zone a little bit, changed my life forever for the positive. It can do the same for you. That's a, that's a great message to sell. Yeah. And you need to cover all your bases. Because I'll tell you what, Morgan Scally can tell you about going to Highland High School, being under-recruited, going to Utah, succeeding, you can be the next Britton Covey because before there was Britton Covey, there was Morgan Scally. Like, that, he can tell that story. But you also do need to tell that I was born in Oakland, I went to junior college, I transferred to Utah and had success. Like, you need to also be able to tell that story. Or I've coached in the NFL, this is why Utah's unique. Or I've been at these different schools, this is why Utah's unique. You need to be able to, to check all those boxes. And you're certainly doing it. And then that's why, that's another reason why Quinton's going to be a good hire. And excited to talk to Trevor about that coming up here in just a few seconds. Particularly here, and I know that this can be a, a delicate topic, but and we always talk about this when it comes to the jazz, the the reputation of Utah and Salt Lake City nationally. Yep. And Utah football, BYU football, I mean, Utah State football, they battle that as much as the Jazz do. In fact, even more so because so. every other school recruiting the same player is saying, geez, you want to go live in where? Correct. And so to have somebody that can, I mean, it's, it's why Utah will tell you their success rate when they actually get players on campus is extraordinarily high right, right. because they get people here and they say, dude, it's, it's normal here. It's a great place to live. The people are good. It's not what you've heard. And then athletes see that and go, okay, well, this is someplace I can be comfortable, but it's getting them to take that leap. That is the difficult part because Cal and Stanford and UCLA and Oregon and all these places are in the ear of the, of the young person saying, geez, it's not only is it weird there, but it's also cold there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, with respect to the kids, because I'm sure there are stories we don't hear about, but it does seem like most of those kids come in and have success here and not only just have success, but be, are happy here, you know, and leave happy. And I think that's a good sign as well. It's not like, hey, you get on campus and you're fooled. Like they, they do seem to have uh, an enjoyable time while they're here and leave happy. And you've got to deliver, right? You've got to deliver, uh, you know, on your promises yeah. and and say, hey, this can really benefit your life if you do this, this and this. Um and that's kind of the, the delicate part of it all. Again, often people ignore in the debates about amateurism is you really the, the mission to improve people's lives through further education is, is really a valuable thing. But you've got to deliver on it. 
got to hold up your end of the bargain. So, I mean, that's that's the additional challenge after you get them through the door, right? You know, you have to help them become Correct. Sharif Shaw, the lawyer, right? Or or Quinton Ganther, the coach, or or Morgan Scally, the coach, or any of the other great alum and graduates right. out there. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good message that he can send, and we'll talk to Trevor about that. I think uh, Trevor's ready to go. In fact, he is. Yeah. Did Megan say that? Did I miss? I that? gave her a thumbs up, and I assumed you saw the nonverbal so cue how that long Trevor has, was ready. How long has Trevor been on hold now? Eleven oh eight. You got him on the phone. So about two minutes and forty seconds. Two forty five. Two forty six. Two forty seven. Boy, I really am embarrassed to keep a a big deal like Trevor Allen on hold. That's not. Come on, Trevor. Jeez. Trevor Allen, of course, covers the youth for KSLSports.com. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Sorry about that. <laughs> Hey, I was actually planning on sitting on hold for 10 minutes, so the fact that I'm, I'm on in, in under three minutes, I'm actually very surprised. So Trevor's been on the other side of it. Good. Trevor's been a producer, yeah. so he understands putting Absolutely. people on the Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I, that's, yeah I've, I've actually had, had guys on hold for, you know, seven minutes or so, and I'm like telling brutal. the host, hey, let's get rolling here. Yeah. Come on now. It's brutal. That's my rep. You, you, can, you can sit there until I'm good and ready, Trevor. No, I try not to do that. I've been on the producing side as well. I know the anxiety that comes along with that. You so. and I have also been on the waiting to get on. Yeah, so <laughs> apologies for that, Trevor. But you, you heard part of our conversation as a result. Talk about your reaction. Quinton Ganther getting the gig. I think it's a good thing for Utah. It's huge. Um, I, as I as I talked to you guys last week, that was that was the only name that that really came to mind as someone who could come in and and really pick up with with what Coach Mack did um, in his in his time here at, at, at Utah, and that's to be able to to continue to bring in top running back talent, develop the guys that are in here, and send them off to the NFL. And and, and Clinton can do that because he's not only you know done a great job at, at a Weaver State and a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's Weaver State. Well, look at what, what Colin Swan did um, at, at, at Weaver State. He was there for longer than, than a Quinton was and, and he ended up coming to Utah and now he's he's one of the top recruiters in the, the uh, Pac-12 and he's bringing in tremendous talent and, and uh, Quinton's, you know, same way. He, he's a guy who um, really has high expectations for his players he, He's a, uh, but at the very same time, he'll love on his players to where, you know, but he doesn't want them to get too high. He doesn't want them to get them too low. Um, and, you know, his, his uh, NFL experience, while it wasn't great in Jacksonville, um, I think it's still going to bode well for him as he brings that one year of coaching experience in the league um, coming to Utah. Yeah, Trevor, uh, along those lines, what, what kind of a guy is Quinton Ganther? You know him a little bit more off the field than a lot of people do. I've only inter- interviewed him uh, once or twice, and it was in a football setting. So what type of a guy is he? What type of a coach is he going to come in uh, and kind of serve towards the kids? It's all about the relationships for him. And I know that because uh, so during the uh, global pandemic, when I actually first started, um, ben, you know this, we were, we were scrambling on, on what we were going to do sure. content-wise. And I had that uh, great youth debate where I had some members of the 2004 Utah football team and, the, and some members of the 2008 Utah football team hop on a, a stream, and we debated who was the best Utah football team of all time. And Quinton was one of those members from 2004. And, you know, it, it's funny because we ended up doing that, that one interview, and he and I were, you know, texting after that and, um, and just kind of developed a really good friendship and, um, he, he's a guy that I've, I've stayed in touch with while, while he was in Jacksonville and now, you know, really happy to have him come back. I know it's been a whirlwind for him. Um, but, you know, he, he's one of those guys who's, you know, he, he tries to come in contact with all, all of the really great people that, that he comes in, 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 uh, in contact with. And, he, and, and, and if you're on his good side, 
Um, he's willing to do anything for you, and you know he he does a lot for for these players. I know that talking to Weaver State players um, while he was there have have just you know voted about him and of what he's done for them, and you know he's he he's one of those guys who's going to work his butt off for his family, and you know he wants to see these these players do well, and um, you know I I know that he has a a a really big love for the University of Utah for what he did and obviously for coach Urban Meyer and I know it was hard for him to see what Urban had to go through when he went to the NFL and but uh you know he's just an all-around great guy couldn't be happier for him to get this job because I know um he, he's worked really hard to get to this point and and for Kyle Whittingham and Andy Ludwig to give him this uh, opportunity I know he's going to take off with it Trevor uh I I don't know why I find calling somebody a clown like the most hilarious insult ever, and why the the gifts uh, out there on Twitter whenever somebody puts out a bozo or a clown gift they make me laugh every single time. But that is Larry Scott to me, right? That bozo the clown gif and uh, just did not do a good job. George Kliavkov was on the station this morning with DJ and PK, and it, it was a great conversation. I I interviewed him at Pac-12 Media Day, and I I genuine I usually dislike commissioners like automatically but i find myself liking this guy which is weird but i'm curious to your first impression yeah you know i i you know covered larry, larry scott the whole era you know just like you guys did for the last you know 10 years and so and um i, I even interviewed commissioner scott when uh it was the 10-year anniversary of utah accepting the invite to the pac-12 and it was just a really awkward interview that i had with him and you know, obviously I was able to get the quotes that I needed and stuff, but just, I mean, I ended up doing a, a Zoom call with him and it was just, it was just weird. I, I mean, that's, that, you know, for a, a lack of, of a better word, weird was what really came to mind. And, you know, talking to a George, George Kliavkoff, you know, um, I, I also talked to him at a Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, I, I was hanging out with Sam Farnsworth in the TV area just down the way from you, Jake, and um, we were able to do, you know, kind of a one-on-one to where Sam and I um, talked to him and, you know, it just seems to have a really good head on, on his shoulders. But when they announced he was going to be the commissioner, I'm like, who? Yeah. And, you know, kind of, kind of like everybody else. But then as soon as you look at his background and then, you know, obviously one one of the big things you look for when, when, when someone takes a job of, of that magnitude, you look at, at, at what they've done, you know, in their past and, and also trying, trying to win the press conference. And he did that um, because the number one thing coming in, in, into that press conference and the reason why – there, there was a big change is the, the media rights still that, that Commissioner Scott did, which was just terrible. And, you know, seeing of, of what George Kravkov, his vision already, you know, and without even starting on the, the a job of what he wanted to do for the media rights still blew me away. And just, you know, how, how, how much knowledge he has in that, in that entertainment business, I think is huge. And, you know, he's, he's very passionate on, on taking this conference to a new level. And I know that, you know, Larry, Larry Scott didn't do a great job of, of you know, keeping the, the cupboards full. There's a lot of challenges for him, but I feel like there, there's not many people who could come in and, and do a, of what George Kliavkoff is doing, and I, I feel like he's one of those guys that can really, truly take the conference to that elite level. All right, Trev, uh, switching away from the fun stuff, which is the football, where Utah's been very good, let's talk a little basketball, because they've got Murderer's Row coming up. They've got number six-ranked Arizona, Arizona State, then they have number two-ranked, though I know, or was it three-ranked? I know they lost last night in UCLA. And then they have USC, who's what, number four-ranked in the country? I mean, this is just, this is going to be a really brutal stretch for Utah basketball. What are the expectations here? 
Not much. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to be frank with you guys. Uh, if if a Brandon Carlson was was playing in any of these games, which he's not, because he's uh, he had a uh, appendicitis about a week about a week or so ago, and so he's going to be out two to three weeks. And uh, you know, had had he been playing, I would give Utah a little bit of more of a, a fighter's chance. But at this point, you just got to come out of this, you know, surviving to where you can maybe take some nuggets from these games and and really try to to move forward um, as, as you get into to the lighter part of that uh, schedule, because you're right, it is murderer's row right now. And I actually think it, it is helpful for Utah to have that, to not have that Arizona State game um, being played, you know, last, last night per se, it's where they had some more time to take, you know, to really focus on playing, playing the Arizona Wildcats. And, you know, I mean, really guys, when, when it is all said and done, um, Utah really needs to focus on trying to get the win on Monday against Arizona State. Obviously, you're going to try and focus on winning every single game, but that that is a very winnable game. And if, if you end up coming out of this this four game stretch um, going one one and three, I would take it if I, if I'm a Craig Smith, especially if I mean if if one of your wins is against one of the ranked teams, you take it. But um, as of right now, I would say that right. Utah's probably going to go one and three in that stretch. There's not a lot of expectation there, especially with Brandon Carlson being out. Trevor, thank you very much as always for jumping on with us. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Trev. You got it, guys. Take care. That's our friend Trevor Allen. Covers the Utes for KSLSports.com. Bad news for the Utes, but good news for the Pac-12 that you have three teams. And again, as I mentioned last night, you did see UCLA fall at home in overtime. I think it was overtime to Oregon. Uh, but UCLA's the third-ranked team. USC's the fifth-ranked team, and Arizona's the sixth-ranked team in the country. Like, that's good for Pac-12 basketball. That's where they should be. If you're not going to win Pac- or college football championships, you need to have one, if not two, teams in the in the NCAA tournament, at least in the Elite Eight, and hopefully at least one or two in the Final Four. Uh, and they look like they're in a good position to do that this year. So that would be uh, that'd be fun if you're a Pac-12 school. Man, Craig Smith's job's going to be real tough. Yeah, he's got a long way to go. Larry, and look, I don't think Larry did anything to chase these kids out of Utah by the time he was leaving. I don't think that's fair to say, but that was pretty, the, the talent was bare at Utah when Craig Smith took over. And just, and like we said, the good news is one player can turn it around, but finding that one player is going to be really difficult. Yeah, and Craig didn't bring it with him this time. Yeah, wasn't able to bring it with him. So, I mean, that's that's tough. He's got to go out and find it in recruiting. Ben, can I bring up this story real quick? I know we've got the top three stories at KSLSports.com coming up, and, and this really isn't uh, warrant uh, that much of a discussion other than I do find insults funny. And isn't, like, the biggest insult you can give somebody is, like, I should not have had faith in you or employed you or whatever. Like if KSL came to you and said, Ben, I should have hired somebody else. Yes. Isn't that like the biggest way that they could have ever in- insult you, right? Correct. Yeah. If, if Nate came to you and said, you know what, Ben, I should You've have hired Jake Hatch. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, if he said that. Did you see that uh, Michael Lombardi, uh, I think he's what, NFL.com or something like that, uh, he reported this about Brian Flores and Tua, the uh, Tongo Vailoa, that Brian Flores said, told Tua, I should have picked Mac Jones. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, can you believe it? I mean, can you imagine if your coach is like, you know what, Tua? I should have picked- replaced you. I should have picked Mac Jones. Carry on. <laughs> I mean, that Man. is not a healthy relationship. We we speculated when they fired. Why they fired him. Uh, we, we speculated as to why that happened. And it was like, well, it's got to be something with the quarterback, right? You know, Which is funny because Flores is probably... 
harder to replace than Tua at this point. Oh, I'd agree with that. I mean, look, it's hard to find a quarterback. It's hard to find coaches, too, clearly. It's why you know we, we see so many lose their jobs. But Tua, you're going to have to probably replace him in the next two or three years anyways. You might be replacing your next coach that quickly as well, where Flores might have still been around. But yeah, that's brutal. But you actually, can you have a coach that would tell a player that? And is there a spot? I, I'm trying to think of a position in all of sports that is more of a head case and more of a head game than being a young quarterback in the NFL. Like, you have to be so careful with those kids to make sure you don't exactly do that, which is to say, you know who we should have drafted? Herbert. The Chargers. We took you to it. We actually traded up six spots. I think we gave up another first-round yeah. pick to move up and draft you. Should have taken Herbert the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's brutal. We went on a, a guy's trip some years ago, Ben, to, to Las Vegas. Yeah. And this one particular friend, for a variety of reasons, really was not a positive addition to the trip, if that makes any sense. Uh, and he came to my buddy toward the end of the trip and said, uh, Brandon, <laughs> said, Brandon, I'm sorry if I ruined your trip. And Brandon looked back at him and said, I'll use a random name here, Ben, you ruined everybody's trip. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this Correct. is, can you imagine Tua going to, to Flores, coach, I'm sorry I had a bad game. Tua, I should have drafted Mac Jones. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's just a mean. Life. That's like the meanest thing you could ever it's say to somebody. It, true or not? Correct. You can't say it. There are certain things you can't say. <laughs> Should have picked Mac Jones. Oh, stay tuned. Top three stories at KSLSports.com coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz update. Uh, Jazz been shorthanded for a couple of weeks now, but getting some players back. Rudy Gay and Rudy Gobert cleared to return. But Eric Pascal has played really well lately. Here's Jordan Clarkson on Pascal's solid play. Just his ability to come in here and impact the game. He was starting, playing early in the season, preseason, first few games of the season was in the rotation. And then, you know, Rudy comes back and you know, kind of just falls out the rotation and in these moments he's a pro he's been in the league he's, you see his impact playing with energy you see him getting stops defensively rebounding and making shots and he plays super hard this update is brought to you by five star painting refresh the inside or outside of your home with five star experience five star painting they've got the time skills and tools five star painting.com that's five star painting.com Sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 975-1280 the zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Ben, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Time for your top three stories at kslsports.com. Brought to you by our friends at Jay Brooks Jewelers. Let's get started. Megan? Number one. Rudy Gobert and Rudy Gay both clear NBA health and safety protocols for the Jazz. Great sign for the Jazz. In fact, there's probably not better news you could have from the Jazz that Rudy Gobert might be back in time to play the Denver Nuggets coming up on Sunday. Of course, we've seen guys clear protocol and then still miss an additional game or two because they are, quote, returning to conditioning. Uh, just trying to make sure they're in shape and ready to go and not having any long-term issues. Uh, so we could still see that, but the nice news is if they were cleared today, 
I think they're practicing today because we're going to be able to hear from Rudy Gobert, at least after practice, maybe not on our show, but on the next. And uh, there's a chance you're going to be able to get to see him on Sunday, which the Jazz desperately need. It's only important, Ben, if the Jazz want to win basketball games. Right. If the goal is to win. If the goal is to come away with a W, then it's very important that Rudy Gobert is playing. Which they've already won too many games to decide to switch this season around. <laughs> right. you got, you got to keep winning, and Rudy Gobert certainly helps that. Yeah, and uh, you know the Jazz are going to be a team that finishes in the top three to four spots in the Western Conference. I don't think any of that has changed right. through the recent rough stretch. In fact, I'd still bet on them top three. I know Memphis is kind of the hot topic at the moment, but I still think the Jazz are a better basketball team. Agreed. Uh, so, you know, Memphis will come back down to earth. The Jazz will not be playing like this forever for a variety of reasons. Yeah, Jazz and haven't played their best basketball yet. Memphis hasn't played their worst. Right. And those two things will switch. And even if the Jazz do not make a deal at the trade deadline, it does not sway my opinion that they are still a top three team in the Western Conference. Okay. But that, of course, hinges on one important fact, Ben. Rudy Gobert's out there? Rudy Gobert's playing. Yeah. Yes, Rudy is playing. And the, and for that matter, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. Correct. you got to have everybody. They're, they're only going to, well, specifically those three. Yeah. They're only going to get as far as their three all-stars take them. Yep. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on how those, you know, two of those three have not missed games yet due to COVID. So there's a chance that you could end up losing a couple of those guys with it. Hopefully that's not the case. And hopefully they are just kind of the random few that don't seem to... To get it, I know Donovan Mitchell's already had it. I don't know about Mike Conley specifically, but you know, you hope you find those guys healthy throughout the rest of the season, uh, and the Jazz are able to stick together. But yeah, should be a fun weekend of games when you uh, see uh, uh, Denver Nuggets and Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers have not been very good this year. That's a winnable game on the road. The Jazz have always, you know, struggled with LeBron, as has everybody. Uh, but if you could go and get a win at Denver, and then go and get a win in Los Angeles on back-to-back nights, that would be a nice cure for the last four games that uh, that have certainly put Jazz fans down. I mean, it's just you and I were talking about it. It's just not they're not even a particularly fun team to be talking about right now. No, because. They're not healthy, so the team you're watching is not all that accurate to who they are, and then on top of it, they're losing games. Like, you didn't get any enjoyment out of it. The best part, I actually thought, of the last week was the Toronto game, and the, the reason it was fun was because it was so non-linear. It was so it had nothing compared to, or it was so unrelated to what the actual Jazz team looks like, because it was Elijah Hughes and Jared Butler and all these guys getting minutes that aren't ever going to get minutes at another point, but watching the Jazz without... Gobert and Rudy Gay, I guess Rudy Gay played, but watching the Jazz lose to Indiana or lose to Detroit when half the team's not there, it's just, it's not even an accurate portrayal of who they are, and it's not fun to cover. Yeah, that Toronto game was entertaining because that group just played their brains out right. until they couldn't anymore. Right. It was like the, the Michael Scott office where he's running the 5K or whatever, Correct. and he starts out just sprinting. Making great time. By the end, he's vomiting. Yes. You know? Yes. It was one of those situations. It was fun to watch. But if that's the highlight of the last week and a half or so, then, yeah, they probably didn't have a real great week and a half. But that's not reality. And that when things change and improve, the Jazz will be back to who they are. At least that's my opinion. And they will. Uh, Megan? Number two. NFL playoffs kick off this weekend. Go Bills! Tomorrow night, your Bills, my Pats. I'm not a Patriots fan, but I have them as a dark horse Super Bowl favorite. Because uh, they did draft Mac Jones. Because they did draft Mac Jones. <laughs> and Bill Belichick didn't go up and, mm, yeah, should have taken to a... Mm, uh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, at least at least uh, they've got something going for them. Hey, that's just that's two of the best young quarterbacks in football. You know, not the best, but we're going to see three... 
of the four, five best young quarterbacks in football playing tomorrow. Joe Burrow's the best young foot, young quarterback in football. They get to take on the Raiders. That's the early game, 2.30. By the way... Is that hands down? I love... As you, far as like, you spoke that so matter-of-factly. First two or three that, years. Has that been decided? I have decided that. <laughs> like Matter-of-fact, in my mind. You, you don't uh, consider uh, Justin Herbert? No, I think Joe Burrow's better. You don't consider Josh Allen? When was Josh Allen drafted? Okay, if you you so yeah, he's I'm, not I'm part of the conversation. Three years. I'm saying three years or less, mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow's only two years. So let's say in the last two drafts, like the last two. I'm cycles. not saying I disagree with you per sure. se, but has that been decided? I, I guess I guess Herbert would be the only other one you would yeah. have to consider. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, move on. So, uh, Bengals Raiders. That's the early game tomorrow, two thirty local time, and then uh, Pat's Bills is the evening game. I love Wild Card Weekend, and I'm going to tell you, it's a fun weekend. I'm for very sure. grateful that we don't have a jazz game tomorrow night because I'm going to park myself in front of a television tomorrow evening, and when it gets dark at five forty-five, and I'm going to watch every sa- every snap of that game tomorrow. I'm really excited to watch Patriots Bills, and then while I'm running around tomorrow, I'm going to have Bengals and Raiders on in the background, and I'm excited to do that as well. So I'm I'm geeked. For some fun football this weekend. And then Sunday. Sunday, Eagles, Bucks, Niners, Boys, which can you imagine? I mean, Jake, 20 years ago, which I'm dating myself, I promise, 30 years ago, even, Niners, Cowboys would have been, it's the, it would have been the only sporting event anyone would be talking yeah. about. It was off in the NFC Championship game, right? Uh, I mean, it was just, you, you look forward to the regular season. There was great rivalries there. You remember T.O. going and, and celebrating on the star when he was a member of the 49ers? Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Steve Young v. Troy Aikman. Oh, no, we, we can't. I, I mean, we no, we can't. We can go back when, that far. When Deion Sanders defected. But it, it lasted that long up until, like, Terrell Owens yeah. trying to keep it going. Like, it was a huge matchup for my entire childhood. Yep. From age 8 to age 18, it was a big deal. Uh, so that would have been the biggest talking point. Steelers, Chiefs. I, I'm with you. I don't love the Chiefs, but I hope... They just run Ben Roethlisberger into the ground so we forget that he ever played in the NFL. And then the uh, Cardinals and the Rams on Monday night. Which, how about a Monday night playoff game? It's a disadvantage for the next for round. For sure, especially because those <laughs> teams are good. How did you get a short day? Make Big Ben play that game. Make the 49ers and the Cowboys or the Eagles and the Buccaneers play on Monday night. Why are the Rams and the Cardinals having to get a short week to turn around and go and play? All right, so give me your top three games you're looking forward to. How about I just pick my, can I give you my winners? Oh, please. Do you want to write these down? And we can talk about them on Monday? I'll remember them. Okay. Bengals, Patriots, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Chiefs, Rams. Rams, I'm curious about. Cardinals, every once in a while, they still pop up and have a good game. They were so good to start the year. Where do you disagree? Hmm. So I went Bengals, Patriots, Buccaneers. I'm taking the Bills. You're taking the Bills over the Pats. And by the way, that, that game tips off, uh, or tips off, kicks off at 8.15 Eastern Time in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> it's going to be a hot one. Uh, I'm so glad I'm not going to that game. Uh, I don't believe in the Eagles. I'd love to pick against the Bucks, but can't do that. Love to pick against the Cowboys, but I don't, I They're don't better. know. Are you really buying the Niners? They're just better. Yeah. They're better than the 49ers. But that'll be a good game. That'll be a fun game. And the, the Cardinals aren't winning, so yeah, you don't I, think I'm, the Cardinals I'm with you. I think on everything but the Bills. Okay, it'll be fun. I'm excited. For I'd this. love to pick the Raiders too. I actually think that's going to be like an extraordinarily fun matchup. When you know ranking the games that I'm looking forward to seeing, top three: Patriots, Bills, number one. Yeah, uh, Raiders, Bengals might be two. 
Yeah, I, is that I, weird? No, I think you're right. No, 100 percent right. I can't wait for tomorrow's midday game. And then I think it's actually 49ers, Cowboys, and Cardinals, Rams are the next most exciting games because the Chiefs Card- and the Bucks are going to crush those teams. Correct. I would probably say the Cardinals, Rams. Yeah, but we'll be able to talk about that game on Monday. I'm I'm excited. I love the NFL. I love. And who doesn't love the playoffs? What do you mean? There's no work on Monday, even here. I think we're still on. Are, are you, you sure? sure? Megan's not coming. Okay. Maybe well, you're running the I'm board, Jay. <laughs> pretty sure you and I are going to be here. Yeah, I haven't heard, but we'll keep an eye I, on it. I pulled up the old calendar this morning and it didn't say day off on there. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out. Well, Stay we'll tuned. Somebody else filling we'll in. Be here on Monday. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a jazz game on Monday, so Ben. Yeah. We're working regardless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, Megan. You know what? I'm working Sunday, too. Number three. BYU produced nation's top athletic department during the fall season. Yeah, they do this where they rank. They kind of combine your winning percentages of all your major programs and weight them, and, and whoever ends up uh, getting that wins the was it director cup. Yeah. Good for BYU. Hey, they had a great football team and a very good basketball team last year. A lot going right down there at BYU. They're ahead on the NIL thing. I know that doesn't weigh into it, but uh, they BYU... And this, this is going to sound insulting, Ben. I don't mean it to. But they're a lot better as an athletic department than they really have a right to be. No question about it. I, it's, I mean, they've got a lot of resources. That helps. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of fans, a lot of fan support, a lot Correct. of juice surrounding Correct. BYU sports. But the the size of their recruiting pool compared to other schools yeah. out there? No, they should not be that good. No. And they are. So, I mean, again, Tom Homo might be the best athletic director in history because he has done what he's done down there in Provo. Took an L last night to uh, to Gonzaga. That well, was a tough one. Gonzaga's great. Great, yeah, great, great. And BYU's uh, compromised. Sure. I mean, I, I, I don't think that we shouldn't hold the Cougar basketball program to a high standard, but I mean, we saw... What happened with the Jazz the other night when you don't have any big guys? Right. I mean, it's not just that you're missing two key players. It's who you're missing. Right. Against a team like Gonzaga? That is huge. I mean, not just because they have Chet Holmgren, who is huge, but Drew Timmy's probably the best player in college basketball. As far as just like raw efficiency, you give him the ball in the post and he's going to score, which is, I mean, they scored 110 points in 40 minutes. (laughs) They had 60 at the half. It was was unbelievable watching that team play. Gonzaga's really good. I don't know if they're good enough to win it all. That's always the problem with with the Zags, but they're as good as they've ever been, uh, and they're a fun team to watch. And Chet Holmgren's already come a long way in the first, whatever, what are we, 15, 20 games of the season almost. He's, He's already come a very long way. But big ups to the Cougar Athletic Department. That's a that's no question about nice it. honor for them for sure. It's easy to be a it's easy to be a Cougar fan. We'll wrap up Jake and Ben coming up next. Get you ready for Hans and Scotty G straight ahead ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. The sports you love, the teams you can't live without. Get a sense of urgency. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on ninety seven five twelve eighty the zone, powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs> Megan, you're hitting it out of the park today. I feel like she's... Uh, Megan, are we working Monday? I'm still trying to figure out if we're working Monday. I honestly don't have any idea. I will not be you're here. You're not so. going to be, but what about me? Wait, I just... Uh, <laughs> Take care of me. I just found out from Scotty G. No, sir. We're not. What? Yeah. The boss says no. The boss says no. Well, you're the... Megan, you're the boss. 
dog. You're the producer. You're the boss. You don't. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You're the boss. Speaking so, of which, can we play more? Do you like the boss? The boss, like Bruce Springsteen. Bruce the Springsteen. Boss? Yeah. Sure. Can we get some Bruce going on Tuesday? Sure. Not Monday. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> don't play it on Monday. Tuesday. Nobody going to be here. Tuesday. Okay. Well, great. Well, that's fun. That's a party. Jake, what do you want to do Sunday night after the game? Go to bed. Light this town on fire. I know we we have a back to back Sunday Monday, so yeah, we but, won't be entirely off. But the kids aren't going to school. Let's do it. Let's party. All right. Well, <laughs> Sunday night. What's cool on a Sunday night? <laughs> well, Mike. Uh, yeah, what is cool on a Sunday night in in Salt Lake? What are we doing? Going to bed. Like going to bed. Yeah, going to bed early. Going to bed. Ah. Got to be up at the same time Looking regardless. To it. I think I've officially made the switch in the last week or two of my life where I'm like looking forward to getting in bed real early before the day switches over, <laughs> before the night switches to the next day. Wow. I've been, I've been there for a while, yeah. buddy. Yeah. I've been, I've been there. It, you, you, you're telling me this, there aren't days that you get home and you actually can get into bed at nine and you oh, don't? Oh, I can't. I literally can't because of basketball. Like sure. we've talked about this. There was a just, you have an emotional high. You're in a specific zone broadcasting a game, writing about a game. But on but on non-game nights, you're at home? No, I, I'm so wired for basketball that I just like... Just it's, a it's hard random for, no, Tuesday hard, ESPN game that you could easily DVR? It's hard for me to go to bed. No, not because I'm watching Grizzlies, Lakers or whatever, but my mind is just like trained to be up until one o'clock. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because you work until... What I send off jazz notes at 11.45, 12 o'clock, usually most nights, and then I need an hour to just like calm down. It's hard for me to just flip the switch. I, I agree with you on nights that, that I'm working, and thus, God, the, the next days are, are just so terrible. But I'm telling you, like tonight? You're going to bed early. Way early. <laughs> I've told you, I'm starting to make the switch, though, where even before it gets too late, I'm like, well, I could get in bed, and I'll feel much better tomorrow. On a non-game night? I can't tell you the last time I saw midnight. Huh. Wow, good for you. Must be nice. Is that good for me? No. Well, I don't know. You're washed. Because now you're making I'm less me feel, washed. Now you're making but now me I'm feel feeling like, washed because I'm getting in bed at 11.45. At this point in my life, am I really missing anything from the hours of 9 until midnight? You know, I watched on YouTube last night a bunch of people just restoring old tools. That's just my thing now. That's the definition of washed. They just get old, rusty, like, axes, like, Paper presses with the weirdest things you can for blow blow torches, and this one guy just <laughs> stores them. <laughs> That's what I watch all night. I'll watch two and a half hours of guys restoring old tools you could with be no talking. My brain won't let me. I could be watching my mechanics on uh, on YouTube. That's what I watch. Megan, you're younger than both of us. Do you have the capability of going to bed early? I wish I did. I do not. You're, you're a you're a night owl too. Yep. Okay. Which is, you have to get up kind of early to be here. You get here before I do. Yes. I'm the last one into work every day. First one out the door, last one in, which is my motto. Are either one of you morning people? What does that mean? Like, are you in a good mood in the morning? Because I'm not a morning person. I can, because I like getting up and I like brewing coffee and the kids are running around. And mm. It takes me a good 30 minutes. The boss who's listening to the show, not... Bruce Springsteen, but our boss, uh, said he also likes the popular, the the, remo- the removing rust from old tools, Mr. Patina and uh, My Mechanics. Those are my guys right now on YouTube. And I will watch them for a day and a half. So that's your real housewives then? No question about it. But it really it gets into the ASMR thing because it's like, oh, I, I hear this sander running and this guy's putting, you know, tools on a grinder and it really does. It's like, you fix the process, so in 20 minutes you go from broken thing to 
wonderful working tool. Plus, you get the sound of it. Plus, it's quiet. There's no talking, but there's just like kind of reassuring sounds. I'm telling you, that's that was a life changer for me when I found those. So you 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 like it because you get you feel like you get some of the benefits of sleeping without Correct. actually 100%. sleeping. hundred percent, a hundred percent. You when disconnect you from the world. Sleeping. Actually sleeping. No, because I sleep with the television on, so I'm getting noises while I have the TV on. I've somehow messed things up so bad that I've inverted my life. So there's talking all night long while I'm trying to sleep with light in the background. But when I'm awake, I want dead silence. I hope I eventually get back to this when my children are older. Yeah. You will. So when I was younger and had younger kids, because my kids are nine and six, and you've got, what, four, five, and six months old? Four and a half and eight months. Yeah. I remember going to bed earlier then as well, because you're up in the middle of the night with them so often. And then it gets a little bit easier to stay up because, you know, they don't get up as often. And at the crack of dawn. And when they're up, I have to be up. Correct. I told you this the other day. I'm looking forward to the day when my uh, four and a half year old can get up and make herself some breakfast and stay entertained for a few minutes. Life's good. Life's good right now for me and my uh, my tool restoration YouTube videos. Enjoy your staying up all night. Megan, is that what That's you're great. doing too? You watching tool restoration videos all night long? <laughs> no, I am not. Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. We found that out. How often do you watch Sweet Home Alabama if it's your favorite movie? Whenever I've had a really bad day, okay. I'll put it on. More than once a year? Or is it like, does that mean you watch it once a week? <laughs> Do Jake and I ruin your week that often? Once a week would be safe to say, yeah. You watch Sweet Home Alabama once a week? I know it by heart. Wow, once a week, Jake? Can you imagine watching a movie once a week? That's amazing. Good. That's an easy throw on, though. It's like, it's reassuring. Background noise. Background noise. No, I cannot watch Once that a week once is a, a lot. Week. Wow. I'm going to turn it on this week. I'm going to turn it on when I get home. Me and the kids are going to gather around the television and watch Sweet Home Alabama. I don't believe you. Well, I might throw it on in the background. I got stuff to do. Got to clean the kitchen. Uh, ben, did the Jazz break the streak on Sunday? Yeah, I'll be optimistic. You've been telling me I've been pessimistic all week. I'll say the Jazz do. I'll say Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley are healthy. Rudy Gobert comes back, and that is a team that needs a win badly. So they're going to come out playing hard. And man, Denver's bad. They beat Portland last night, and Portland's really bad. And I saw all the writers being like, wow, how badly did Denver need that victory? And I was like, over Portland? That's not a good win. That's not great. But that's when, you know, desperate times, you, you got you to find ways to emerge. And then that's what Denver did. But I think the Jazz will be in that same desperate spot. They'll be well-rested by having three days off, and they're going uh, to be ready to go. The Jazz, with basically no bigs, beat the Nuggets. Yeah, correct. That should have been like their worst loss of the year. Yeah. Easily. Jokic should have gone off for 40, and he basically did. He had 26, 21, and 11, and they still lost. So, yeah. He should have scored 40. He still he should have done a 40-point triple-double. The only big the Jazz had was Doak. No offense to Doak, but also coming back off an injury. Yeah. And the Denver Nuggets lost. Correct. That was bad. I mean, the the Pistons beat a compromised Jazz team. Denver certainly Correct. should have. Correct. So, yeah, I think it, uh, I think it comes to an end on, on Sunday as well. Are you looking forward to seeing the Lake Show? I'm excited to watch lathe videos now. Scotty's giving me tips on what I should be watching. I don't care about the Lakers. Did you know that Give about me Scotty? the lathers? You know the Scotty. I do. A well, I started doing his pens. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't know he did that. I was like, is that new? And and I got a tweeter be like, is that new? He's been doing this forever. And I was like, apparently, I don't pay attention to Scotty's lathe work in the garage very often. I love hobbies of of my friends as we're getting older. You know, uh, you know how we choose to spend our time. Scotty is a lawn guy and a lathe guy, which I think is awesome. Like, what two productive hobbies, right? Right. 
Mine's collecting records, which nobody cares about but me. Scotty's like giving pens out to yeah. everybody. Loves Scotty. Right. Working with his hands. Right. Making the neighborhood look better. Property values going up. I'm a scourge on society. What's your hobby right now, Ben? I mean, I just told you about the lathe videos. <laughs> <laughs> so it's watching videos, not actually watching doing other people's it. hobbies. Yeah, criticizing right. other people. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, that's the world we live in, right? Aren't the biggest stars of YouTube the people that make fun of other YouTube videos? Yeah, or just film themselves watching other people play video games? Yeah. It seems ridiculous, but apparently it's that's, a thing. It works. It's clicking in. All right. Uh, speaking of Scotty G, Hans and Scotty are coming up next. Stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. See you Monday. Don't bother me. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.